Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a guest today, the amazing and formidable Matt Clem. Oh, wow. I'm really going to let people down after that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't known each other too long, but I also just feel really close to you. Like, whenever I see you, I'm like... Yeah, you're like, well, we, I think we both have those, like, lights or energies that kind of just hang out and get along. Yeah, I'm always just, like, cracking up the whole time we're hanging out, like... Yeah, I'm really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that and then make you feel pressured to be funny because you don't have to be funny today if you don't want to. You're supposed to be sad today. We want sad people on the show. So, yeah, really Matt reaches our, our... He... he reached our sad meter level yeah. he's good on the sad scale for sure yep he's a saddie like us um they wouldn't stop talking about my dead dog so <laughs> <laughs> okay they kind of pulled it but it was there yeah we try to really get people extra sad before yeah. we record yeah right. that's the whole pre-recording part we just insult yeah. them and we're, we remind them of traumas that they've experienced we're recording in a NICU right now yeah, that's it's how we get them raw you know that's how yeah. we do it we want those raw emotions mm -hmm. yeah speaking of NICUs Matt is a nurse and what like area so, what area do you so do? I am in dialysis and like kidney disease and transplant and all that okay cool but, I had a friend who used to do dialysis it's intense. The work hours are intense. They worked in it or they were on it? Um, they worked in a dialysis clinic. Yeah, it's yeah. really intense, especially depending on like who you work for because it's all pretty corporate. Yeah. But you get really close to your patients, which is neat, Yeah. especially if you're in a chronic setting. Because you see them all the time, right? I mean, like for most people, for anyone on dialysis, like they're doing it regularly. Oh, yeah. Three times a week. Um, and like until you get your transplant, you're pretty much set with that. You don't ever get to leave. Yeah, it's a bummer. But you meet a lot of really cool people, and like, they're all challenged, like, by their life experience, and so that I think that makes people cooler. Yeah, totally. So uh, Matt also recently got engaged. Yeah. Woo! When did you guys get engaged? Um, so about two weeks ago, he tried to do a bunch of stuff um, to make it perfect, and because it's us, it was not. Um, so he, I was in like my rattiest sweater and in the morning looking really, really wonderful. Like unbrushed teeth, just like. Oh yeah. Full, full package. Nice. Like he really wants it because <laughs> yeah. he asks when I look like that. That's, there's something extra romantic about that. There is. Yeah. I like a low key engagement. Like. It was, there were no keys. It was the lowest key. <laughs> yeah. When Wait. I, when Seth and I got engaged, we were just on a long car ride and we were like just talking about stuff like you do when you have eight hours in the car and yeah we were like why aren't we married yet should we should we do that like <laughs> it's a good idea and then we're like i don't know it seems really stressful how can we make it not stressful <laughs> so we ended up deciding to uh, we just got married at the courthouse and then basically took like a honeymoon to Korea where we met. We, we met there teaching, uh, English as a second language. Um, and, uh, the story really inclines here and it goes from like, and we were in a car, but yeah, then we went to Korea <laughs> Yeah, and it got way cooler. So it was so <laughs> fun to like revisit like the place where we met and mm -hmm. then we ended up doing, um, just a big old party, um, in Louisville where... Yeah, we invited all of our people, but we just didn't want to do the 
the pageantry part of like I'm so awkward like I'm sorry I can't share my feelings in front of a big group of people I say this as I'm on (laughs) mental (laughs) Mental health radio show where I overshare constantly but it's different when they're all looking at you yeah this is easy because I'm talking into a piece of foam that makes me sound way better than I do in real life so I can share here It's, it's helpful to not see your audience members it's like I remember going to that control. that reception, which was really nice with you and Seth. Um, and you had they had karaoke there, which I was so pumped about because I like karaoke. And I decided to sing my go-to song, which is "Goodbye Earl," which was formerly by the Dixie <laughs> Chicks, which is now the Chicks. And I remember people just weren't into it. And I remember, like, I felt like maybe that's the wrong setting to go to a wedding <laughs> and sing "Goodbye Earl" about killing an abusive husband. I mean, it definitely sets a tone. <laughs> Like, it's brave. It's a bold move. Yeah. People were not into it. So uh, that was, uh, yeah, it really <laughs> kind of shattered my confidence with that song. <laughs> I mean, I'll still sing it, but maybe not at weddings. That's maybe not the right. Yeah, just funerals now. <laughs> just just <laughs> funerals, exactly. My favorite moment was when a group of like, I don't know, eight of our guy friends um, got up and sang Four Non Blondes, What's Going On. Nice. That was uh, that was really special. That actually, all of that actually sounds great and really like natural. So that's exactly what I would want for any kind of engagement party. So I love that you all had karaoke there. It was fun. It was fun. It's like, just a good environment. It was it was really cool. I, and I'd never heard of people doing karaoke at a wedding. I was like, why not? You like you basically get to pick your own songs. I mean, that people sounds like you don't love karaoke. have to pay for a wedding band, and that sounds great. Uh, so we had a DJ. Um, and we did music for a little bit and then he like, you know, emceed the karaoke. Mm, I paint for Spotify, so that'll <laughs> probably, probably be our DJ. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, the last time I talked with you, you had mentioned the engagement that you thought, I think you, th- you were pretty certain it was going to happen. Correct. I think I was like legally obligated to say pretty certain and not positive because he cannot keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> like he's tackled my phone out of my hand several times because his wonderful mother, who I love so 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 much, um, <laughs> sent text messages about her visiting for the engagement party that I didn't know existed yet. Oh. And he was like, "No reason, just a very heated debate between me and my family. I don't want to show a bad side." And I was like, "Yeah, probably that. Yeah, definitely not an engagement. That ring-shaped package on the counter does not." <laughs> give anything away oh yeah let me see it's Here. it's right. i think it's really cool it's um really basic but it's got like this little we've I always like talked it. about how it's very modern i like how like um Ooh, little arrows on it mm-hmm. little little trees but it's minimalist so you know it's interpretive <laughs> but um, it's all about like um oh yeah being together but being independent that's kind of our whole mantra I like so that. So we've we he tried to work it into the ring and I really like it. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so we should get into the business real yeah, quick. I was waiting for it. I was just patiently waiting over here. Because I'll shut and bund up. up. <laughs> just shut up about all this stuff. <laughs> so you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.54 Radio. You can listen to us anytime at 4radio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, Castbox, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. You can also find us on social media platforms. Instagram, it's two nuts in a pot with a number two. And Facebook, it's two nuts in a pot with a number two spelled out, T-W-O. You can also email us anytime, 24-7, 365 at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com. If you have 
ideas for the show, if you want to be on the show, if you have questions for our guest, if you want to connect to them somehow, if you want to say something nice to Lizzie and something mean to me, whatever you want to do, you can send us an email anytime. One of our interns will probably answer pretty fast or not so fast. It, it really depends. It's just kind of, you know, whatever. How many are you up to now? How many interns? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think 1,100 now. Oh, wow. We had a big jump. We had a big hiring fair um, and hired a lot of them. We need to stop hiring depressos. That's really our problem. There's just so many of them. Yeah. (laughs) They're just everywhere. The productivity levels are very low. Very low. No one made eye contact on the way in here. (laughs) Not a single one of those interns. (laughs) They all just looked down at the ground. The the carpet was kind of (laughs) wet. Tears or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, but they're a good group. I really like this group of 1,100. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's the magic number, maybe. <laughs> it's the magic number, but they should be able to answer the emails pretty quickly. So, if you have anything you want to email us about, please, please do it. Or yeah. don't, whatever. Not Todd, though. He's he's rough. Oh, oh everybody Todd. Everybody hates Todd. Yeah, I've been Todd. You're on your way out, Todd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so many chances I can give to people. And, like, I'm, I think we're doing this out of the kindness of our own hearts to hire all these interns and mm-hmm. like if they can't be productive then they gotta go you know yeah. we're just so loaded we don't know what to do with all the the money we have the excess money yeah from this volunteer uh radio show that we do yeah, if you can't make it on zero dollars a week that's really on you yeah yeah that's why we're able to hire 1100 interns and we pay them pretty well too so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we're hugely successful <laughs> <laughs> Very successful. Yes. You can tell by the indoor outdoor carpet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, our whole um the whole desk here is covered in some nice nice carpeting. Yeah, I think it's for soundproofing. Um or just for fun. You yeah, know? It's a fun table with some carpet Actually, on you it. Know, I think what it is Traction. is to mute the sound when you put a drink down or something. Oh good. I'm glad that's here then. I take it back. <laughs> If you really want us to hear it, you gotta slam it. You gotta slam it down. <clears throat> I'll save my personality for the back half of the show. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, so let's get into how are you for real. So this is where we just uh, get into the nitty gritty of like what's actually going on in our lives and how things are doing. We don't want like polite short answers of just like I'm fine. Like we want to dig into it, um, especially if it's bad. God, we love digging into it if it's bad. Yeah. So if you're you're feeling bad, Matt, just let it out, you know? I'll really try and draw on some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got engaged. That should help. Yeah. That's real bad. Talk about that. Oh, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, as always, I'm going to start with you, (laughs) Emery. How are you for real? I feel good. I, uh, yeah, I've had a, it's been kind of a a wild uh, past month and a half. Um, just obviously with the new year and then I had COVID and my roommate had COVID and then my cat had gotten, he's been pretty sick lately and he was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease, um, which sucks. And, but he's on the mend. He seems to be doing better. He gained a little weight. He's eating more food. He's drinking more water. Uh, he's been more playful. Cause for like for a month, cause he used to be, he's only two and chronic kidney disease is usually something a little more common with older cats. Um, but we, like, we have these little catnip filled mice that we throw down our hallway cause we live on a shotgun house and he just sprints and he always just, he always just runs past them, but he just loves to run past them. But he hadn't done that for like a month and it's like, and he did that recently and it was just, 
I, I, I was like just such an excited dad. Like I was just like so happy to see him just run. And so hopefully this is good news. <clears throat> did have a vet appointment yesterday and they did some tests, but I um, should find out the results in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, it was just his kidney values really high and his low red blood cell count and just, you know, a lot of stuff that he's struggling with. So hopefully with medicine and new, new food, new diet and everything, hopefully things will get better. But, um, but yeah, it just, it's hard cause you know, they can't tell you what's wrong and you know, I, I don't have any children of my own. So like, this is the closest I have to a child of my own. And, um, so he's just, way cuter than kids. So that he's, helps. He, I appreciate that. Yeah. He's way cuter <laughs> yeah. than a lot of girls. That's the nice kids. thing about yeah. pets. You don't risk the whole ugly baby thing. And then mm-hmm. you're like, is it your genes? Is it my genes? Is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You just have an ugly baby. Oh, <laughs> you just have, have to say it's adopted it's so that people don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Floyd, Floyd is very cute. Um, so yeah, it's just been hard to see him kind of struggle and lose that energy. Um, but yeah, and then other things in life have been pretty good. And uh, yeah, so I feel pretty upbeat. Like today I was late to the studio and I hadn't eaten or drank anything and I, except for this big Texas cinnamon roll that I bought downstairs. I've never seen a four pound cinnamon roll until today. It's <laughs> 430 calories. Um, so, you know. Todd carried it in on his back. <laughs> it doesn't seem fair when something that's not that big is that many calories. It's not fair. But that it always is. annoys me. Like that ratio. I'm like, oh, it's not, it's not fair. It's so good though. More. And I have a terrible sweet tooth. And like just eating this is just, just wonderful. Um, but yeah, I've been kind of, kind of off today, but I had a really nice morning and just, uh, so yeah, I don't feel, you know, cause generally if I was late or hadn't like eaten or gone through my little routine, um, I'd be a little off and frustrated, but like, I feel really good. So yeah. So now you're just off and frustrated for regular reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to something happening today. That's going to really upset me. So that's what I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, but no, I've been having conversations with people about like the way I've been able to shift my mindset or like the narrative of my life, if that makes any sense. But like, I've been doing that more and more and it just has been so like, it's, I know it's silly to say this word in this context, but it's liberating almost like when you feel so restricted by your thoughts and negative thoughts to be able to not think that way anymore and to go down a different path. is just like, I mean, it's so wonderful. And that's happened more and more the past couple of years. And I just, Whenever I'm able to notice it, I write it down because I'm just like, this is so good that I'm able to do this and feel this way. Because in the past, anything negative would happen, it would just be a hole that I'm just stuck in for a long time. And now I'm able to like reboot and recover really quickly. I'm able to like analyze and understand where the feelings are coming from and then just go down a different path. And it just, I, I don't know, I guess from medication and lots of therapy and mindfulness training and practices, like it's helped with that regard, but it is really, really nice. And that's something even this morning that I felt that I was like, this is, this is great. Like, I love this feeling. Oh, when like the therapy is working. Yeah. Oh, it's the best feeling. When I learn something from therapy and I implement it in my life, I'm just like, yes. Or I visited my therapist this week. Well, I didn't visit. We had telehealth and talked to my therapist this week. And I came in with like a mantra strategy that I wanted to implement in my life. And I talked to him about it. And he was like, I like that idea a lot. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Can I take your job? Like, why am I paying you? <laughs> Should I be you now? Like, so I'll make my copay out to Emory. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, so, but he, it was so many things that I obviously previously learned with him. 
Um, and that was really great. And it's, and he sees that I'm implementing obviously in my life, but like I'm taking control of it and saying, taking charge and realizing like, Hey, this is a problem or an area that I want to get improve on. Like, what can I do? And so that was, that was really cool. And it's also like something I'm just keeping between him and me. I'm not really talking about it openly right now, but it's, I noticed the past few days been like, man, like this feels, this feels good to think this way. Nice. So yeah. Nothing like talking around something on a an open podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really, not really talking about it, but I'm talking about it. <laughs> well, you know, maybe by the end of the show, I'll mention it. I probably will, by gratitude. <laughs> you know, usually I can't keep things a secret, so yeah, I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably mention it. I mean, cool. I think that I learned it. All right, like, I'll mention it right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this from like what you mentioned about being mindful, like this show that you do and like how public you are. I think we talk about it almost every time we see each other too. Yeah. Like our real state of mind or like openly saying if you're depressed or feeling down and like, even with my parents who I used to never talk about it with, you just like say it. And even if it's not a big deal, it just makes it so much easier to keep it in mind and change your mindset. Exactly. You do that for people. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Still loving these mics. (laughs) Oh, I'm taking this home with me. So Lizzie, how are you for real? Um, I feel and look like a flaming pile of dog crap. Um, and I know that. I know that I couldn't get all my lipstick off from last night, uh, which is always a good sign. Wasn't even feeling good enough to brush my teeth yet today. So hygiene points, 100%. But yeah, I, I kind of... Uh, yeah, the tiger got out of the cage last night. I... um. Uh, the past few weeks I've been really like in my own little I've just been such a homebody and I think it was like like I had all this like pent up energy built up and I was just going to go to this like engagement party that was just like a cute it was a perfect like two hour event you know amazing food and uh, drinks like free drinks like not even a tip jar oh Man, that felt good because I always I sounds... always forget to get cash. So these guys aren't interns; these are all like passed out people. That's why they look so sad. Okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Eleven hundred yep. of them. It's still going. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up, uh, you know, an after party turned into another after party into another after party. So yeah, I'm running on about uh, two hours of sleep right now, but uh, otherwise, in general. Things have been pretty good. I've I've just been really fatigued lately still, but I'm just, like, accepting it. I'm stopped trying to figure out why or, like, the multiple reasons why it could be happening. I'm just like, I'm tired, and that's okay. And if I'm not super productive right now, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to, like, invade your life, but the three after parties, that could do it. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so tired. <laughs> so weird. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I got a little wild last night. But um, yeah, I feel like it's been kind of cool to embrace like a slower pace and not feel guilty about it. And I've been working from home, which helps a lot because I can like, you know, I just feel more calm at home. So it just keeps my nervous system at like a acuter level mm-hmm. and uh and i i know I'll, I'll end up going back to the office in a few weeks but all the meetings have been virtual so there's just 
really no point and I don't work the kind of job where I'm like you know dealing with uh like re responding to students or anything like that so um yeah so I can do everything at home and that's been nice it's been a nice little break I feel like it's kind of a good pace for me right now and uh what else was I say? Oh, did I say? I don't know if I said this last week that I finally like got in my application to the grad program I'm looking at for the fall. Um, did I say that last week? I know you've said it to me in person, but like I can't remember if you said it on the show or not. Yeah. Anyway, still excited yeah. about it. <laughs> That's slower <laughs> because as much as I've school. I've been planning this for like a year and a half, like wanting to do some sort of program, and then I, you know made the decision to do this particular program it's um i don't know if i've shared the name of the program it's the clinical mental health counseling program at uofl Ooh. Um, Ooh, that's so cool yeah uh do you need any nurses uh yeah always cool all right i'll be right over <laughs> um it was, it was easy that was, yeah but you also got 1100 interns to bring with you <laughs> like they need stuff to do yeah that's true um <laughs> So, yeah, I was, it was one of those things where it was like, I felt so bad about myself for procrastinating. I was like, does this mean that I'm not ready for this, that I can't even fill out a freaking application? Like, and grad school applications are kind of annoying. You know, you have to write them, you know, professional goal statement or personal statement or whatever they ask for. And um, nobody likes writing those. Like, why don't they just get rid of them? Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's really annoying. Cause like, honestly, like the whole thing is just like, it was really hard for me as like someone with a background in writing. Like, I don't like to do anything like super expected or like cliche, which is really hard <laughs> with a per like a personal <laughs> statement. Cause yeah. it's, they're basically made of cliches. Like <laughs> I like to avoid tropes on my formulaic answers to <laughs> formulate questions. Yeah, that is when hard. I'm trying to tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I actually took the approach of just being extremely authentic and honest. Because yeah. um, I was like, that feels good. And I really do feel like that is going to be the most persuasive. Because I felt confident enough that, like, this is the right move for me. And that'll show if I'm just honest in my letter so i think that'll get you to the best place too though because then you're not writing what they want to hear and they're not accepting who they think you are they're accepting you mm -hmm. that's kind of cool yeah um so anyway i'm i'm very excited about that and yeah that's that's pretty much all the news with me that's awesome yeah good for you how about you matt how are you for real i tried so hard to be sad for you guys like I, I knew the bar. I was trying to meet the bar. I know. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be sadder. <laughs> I thought I thought about all the bad things that have ever happened to me in the car <laughs> on the way here. None of them worked. Um, so I was. I was like, they told me that, like, this show's about. I mean, I listened to, but, like, they were like, this is how we kind of prepare you for it. And so I'm talking to Ryan, my boyfriend, and I'm like, I got to be sad. And he's like, okay, this is the perfect time to get engaged. <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm like i've been on the job hunt um and i finally landed uh something in where we're living now and so now i'm yeah i'm not prepared for today i'm really like ridiculously happy it's kind of cool nice i love that yeah it's a rare bar so i'm enjoying it yeah 
you gotta really like relish those moments like sometimes i have a hard time sitting with it when i'm feeling happy mm-hmm. like my brain immediately goes like this feels unnatural. This yeah. is not. Yeah. This is not you. Have uh, you thought about these other things in your life? You sure, there's not some stuff you should feel bad about. And remember that thing you said that was really stupid in the third grade. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is oh, like a timer. Great. I'm like, when's it gonna turn down? Because I do. I have like my cycles, and usually in the winter. So where where is it? Mm-hmm. But like, I'll get really depressed or low energy, and I'm like waiting for that other shoe to drop. But for now, I'm like, like what you said, changing my mindset. I'm not doing that. I'm just enjoying it. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, but yeah, cool. that does go against the assignment. He was supposed to be sad, so. Yeah. Should we start hurling insults at this point? Or? Yeah, what can we say? Okay. I mean, I think that I would just end up with you guys more sad. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I would, I would be sad if I I don't like to insult people. <laughs> I would feel bad. I'd be like, well, now I'm just sad. <laughs> You're wearing a sweater inside. <laughs> uh, okay. So I guess this would be a good time. <laughs> Keep it. <laughs> I guess this would be beep, 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 a good time to take a break. Um, so we will be right back. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts and a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. Right, we are back, and we've got Matt Clem in the studio. Uh, so psyched that he's here today. Um, and uh, this is the part of the show where we kind of like get into your mental health experiences. You know, it can be like the day to day, the formative experiences, like whatever. Um, so, you know, we talked about like the sadness meter and how you. You, you'd fall on a good level for us. Usually. Yeah. I know you're like, happy right yeah. now. Six yeah. months and out of the year, fine. though, I am right here with you guys, though. Yeah. yeah. I deserve this chair. Um, so, like, tell us about your particular brand of, of saddies. My particular brand of saddies. Um, I think, I guess, I, I hate to say it all started when, but it did. Like, when I was younger and, like, nobody ever talked about mental health or it was kind of a hush-hush thing. So I spent my childhood in therapy going back and forth between like ADHD and depression and like only child syndrome. And like you didn't talk about it with your family. It was just kind of something that you got worked on and was under the carpet. And I don't know, it just was so much worse because you were in your own sound chamber. 
Yeah, we've like we've talked about that quite a bit on this show. How like I really think for us as like millennials, like that was our experience growing up, and I think mm-hmm. it's changing. Like I think a lot of parents are like much more aware of how to talk about it, and yeah, I think our parents were just afraid to. There was that whole like toxic positivity thing, mm-hmm. and like the whole like self esteem like movement for kids which kind of i don't know like i feel like in a way turned it into like you're not allowed to be sad yeah i've like beaten my parents into submission with it now by talking about it because you used to be like oh i'm depressed or i have anxiety or i did this and they just didn't know how to talk about it because they didn't talk about it either mm-hmm. and so now that i'm more open about it it's like a conversational piece and not like a oh your whole day's ruined you've been depressed for six months and it's more of a no, I have low energy and I maybe don't want to talk to 40 people today. Yeah. And it just makes it so much easier. Yeah. Like, um, it's interesting to me how often ADHD is like, uh, I guess they call it like comorbid, which is just such a weird word, but Mm -hmm. like that it will often also, the person will be dealing with anxiety and or depression. Um, especially in kids. Like for me, my, biggest struggle was that they never they were never like you have both it was new place new doctor you have this one new place new doctor you have the other mm-hmm. and so then you're on this like polypharmacy ride of trying to figure it out because mine's not um like I don't personally benefit from a lot of therapy because mine's like purely chemical mm-hmm. and so my depression is literally like I can't even I can't even get out of bed in the morning. Like, it's, that's the day I'm having. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch reruns of a really comfortable show and eat more calories than I can count. Mm-hmm. And that's my life. But, like, did something happen that I need to unpack? Probably not. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, there's tons of things. But yeah, <laughs> nothing that I can, like, trigger. Yeah. For me, it's like therapy is, yeah, like, I'll dig into past stuff sometimes. But a lot of it is just, like, current of, like, how do I cope with it Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like a lot of people like if they're on the right meds um you know don't necessarily need or want therapy like maybe you get that from your friends maybe you get that from your family like your partner or whatever like yeah it's definitely shifted my thinking because i know that yeah because i would be like in the past like yeah just go to therapy you should go to therapy like and now i think getting to know more people and hearing their experiences that therapy like maybe isn't really beneficial for them, isn't the right fit, or they've been trying therapy and it's like, yeah, like one after the other didn't work. <laughs> so like they use different methods to, for mindfulness practices or for self care. And like, you know, for me, it's like, Hey, like I need to understand and respect that as well, because that's what works for that person. Um, cause I know that in, in the past for myself, I was just like very much like, oh, well, you don't go to therapy. Well, that's why you're, that's what your problem is. Like, and that's just not true at all. <laughs> it's what works for me. And I think Lizzie and I, we've talked about this before, like even just like the past uh, several weeks of like thinking of how I process things and how my emotions and feelings work isn't how everyone else processes things. Mm. So like you have something that bad happens. I'm like, let's talk about it immediately. And some people want space. And to me, I was, like, so flabbergasted that people wanted space. So it's like, no, we're supposed to talk about it right now. But just it works differently for different people, and that's okay. Just it's the same as therapy. Like, sometimes therapy just doesn't click for some people, and that's totally okay. 
I think therapy for me when I was younger, it was like that was the box that you were allowed to unpack it in. Like you go yeah. in that office and you can talk about that stuff. But outside of that office, like mm, maybe not. So now that it's way more public and I mean, that's why I love this show is because here we are casually talking about stuff that probably would have been shunned just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And like for me, now that I can have more honest, open conversations with people, I don't know that therapy is the treat is the treatment for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I could benefit. I think it's vital, but I don't think that that's my day to day need. My day to day need is my 40 milligrams of Prozac. Yeah, that is great. Yeah, I was on Prozac for a long time. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Wild ride that Prozac. Yeah, I but, get up in the morning and I have coffee and talk to people. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um I was on it for a long time and then I ended up trying it again more recently. So I was on it from the ages of like eighteen to the age of eighteen to twenty two, maybe. And it worked really well for me. And then I tried it again later and it gave me terrible anxiety. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a crapshoot. I have to change my meds like two or three times a year, I think. Yeah. Well, I like I like what you said, Matt, about like, you know, especially like it doesn't have to be like in that little room where you unpack it with a therapist. Yeah. Like to have these conversations with friends or family members to hear about it on like social media, like that's where it's going to have the most impact. Because like... You know, also therapy can be very expensive and just simply isn't affordable for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So the more we normalize these conversations and destigmatize it in general settings, the more comfortable people get with it. So, like, I think that's even more important than, like, me being like, oh, go to therapy. That's what works. Like, it works for me. But doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody else. And also, like, there are so many other methods and ways for us to, you know, take care of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, not to give you too many accolades because you're not that cool, but... When you, I mean, I reached out to you before about that post that you made about your history with mental health. And I had probably never seen anything that frank mm-hmm. and on like a social media platform before. I mean, you see like better help ads and people that are influencers talking about it, but you don't see like just this guy, you know, mm-hmm. talking about his mental health openly with anyone who will listen, mm-hmm. which is really cool and vital. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, for me, like, I follow, like, a lot of mental health-related, like, um, like TikTok accounts, and it's, sometimes it feels as, as good as therapy. There's mm-hmm. it's people sharing their actual experiences, and, yeah. I forgot a few of their names. I need, I need to write them down next time, but I don't, I don't have TikTok myself, but I'll be looking at, if I'm looking at somebody's phone or whatever, and they'll show me a couple of videos, I'm like, whoa, like, this is really good. Like, uh, I think, uh, I learned about different attachments. Like there's like, um, avoidant attachment and like anxious attachment. I'm a very anxious attachment person mm-hmm. and like just learning new concepts and being like, oh, okay, like now I can name that. Or like, woof, this person is like hitting me in the feels and they've only done a one minute video. <laughs> and that's like, you know, I didn't have to pay however much money to go to therapy like that was therapy right there so like i love that those platforms use that that space to provide that because you know when we were kids and we're all pretty similar ages here like that wasn't available at all like i don't remember anybody yeah. talking about mental health when i was a kid and i thought you know we were progressive in like the 80s and 90s and 2000s but like we're not talking about that stuff at all like it's been like the last few years it's felt like it's really become prominent in conversation you don't even have to know like the intimate details of somebody's past but just like knowing that there's enough people 
that experience, what you experience for it to have a name is like really freeing. Yeah. And that's one thing, like if I'm ever public about it on social media, like one thing it's therapeutic for me, but also like, I know that other people are struggling and like, sometimes you just need to know like, Hey, like somebody's going through some stuff too, or like they're going through something similar. I'm not alone in this because I know like when I spiral with any of the mental health stuff, I feel so isolated and alone. Even if everyone's like, hey, buddy, like, I feel the same way. Like, I still just feel that way. So it's good to know, like, hey, I got, like, seven people on my phone I can text. I got these videos I can watch. I got these articles I can read. I got, like, all these different resources now that were not there when I was a kid, which now I'm just like, damn, like, I wish this stuff was available when I was a little kid. Like, seeing a movie like Inside Out, that Pixar movie, like, I watched that and I was like, that movie like kind of changed my life. And I was at a, I was like 29 watching that. <laughs> like I was like, why didn't that movie exist when I was eight years old? Like yeah. there's so much stuff I went through that was so painful. that it's like, I wish I just had this outlet where people were saying like, this is okay. And it's normal. And here's some resources and help for you. Yeah. Well, I feel like naming it is so important too. And like for me growing up, I never had names for the bad feelings I had. Mm -hmm. Like, it was very much just, like, this indescribable, um, just, like, sadness. And I I just felt different. Um, And, yeah, if I had language around it, it would have been so helpful. Or even, like, my parents sharing with me. And this is not, again, like, to, you know denigrate like my parents like I had a great childhood like um but you know it would have been cool if they could have shared with me like yeah you know we have such and such mental health issues Mm -hmm. and you know um for me to feel that like connection and like sense of like okay they've dealt with it so you know um but again I feel like they really felt like they had to hide their emotions to be good parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's shifted a lot culturally. I um, think the naming thing is really important that you're talking about and like the sharing of it. When you when like that I guess I have to amend my answer to not needing therapy to having 24/7 therapy available through other methods. Yeah. But like when you don't have a name for it and maybe you just have like this undescribable really deep sadness and that's all it is not all it is but like that's like the actual focal focal point but then you go and talk to the therapist who treats you clinically or like a lot of depression uh, broad spectrum stuff and you're like well maybe i am all these other symptoms maybe i maybe i just haven't even thought of it yet and then you forget like what you're really going through yeah and then when you can name it and like share it it for me, like, you know, when I've posted about it, like, it's just, it feels like such a release of, like, the shame that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- just the act of sharing it and then getting such, like, positive responses from people um, is so validating. And I just feel seen and, like, way less alone. Mm-hmm. I get trapped into the loop of it because mine's... I mean, not that I'm a doctor, but I feel like mine's mostly chemical. So when my downslope starts, it could be tomorrow, it could be a week from now. And I'm like, I'm so aware of it. And so cognizant of like my situation, how do I let it get this way? And then you talk to a million other people out there who are like, I'm the same way. Like, I'm really aware of my depression and it still gets the best of me. 
Mm -hmm. Like it will still sneak up on me and ruin a week or two weeks or six months or however much it gets to. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned that you had therapy as a kid. Um, What was that experience like? I think that's such a hard question for me because we changed therapists a lot because my parents just wanted me to be happy and like getting the most out of life they wanted it was nothing but positive once for me but you kind of like try a million different therapists and a million different band-aids on the cut and so therapy for me when I was younger was really hard because it was just this person that would kind of analyze me and then talk to my parents about how they can use tools outside of therapy but I was just this kid that had to talk to this guy or this woman or whoever every week and not really be aware enough or smart enough at the time to like really use the tools that I was going and being offered. Hmm. So therapy, therapy to me was really hard because I would kind of get information third hand about myself. Yeah. That's weird. I hadn't thought about Mm. that with childhood therapy. Like it almost like reminds me of like the fifties where like, you know, a guy would like, Oh, my housewife is depressed and I have no idea why, like her (laughs) life is so fulfilling. And (laughs) Then, like, send her to the therapist, and then the therapist would actually report back to the husband. Here's how she's doing, and here's how I'm going to pathologize her real discontent with the whole cultural situation that she's in. Um, Especially, like, for me personally with the medicine, because I feel like now that I'm aware of who I am baseline and then how the medicine affects me, I'm so much better equipped to change my meds how I need them or be on top of it. Whereas when I was a kid, you kind of like maybe have an external perspective of how the meds working for your child. But for me specifically, I couldn't report that and be like, oh, this one's working or this one isn't or this one's not doing what we think it's doing. Mm -hmm. And so it was really just like a shot in the dark. So a lot of those were really hard because they had negative effects versus positive ones, and I couldn't express that. Mm-hmm. So that was hard. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I've always wondered like if childhood therapy could have been helpful for me. But um, one of the things I like about therapy as an adult is that I like maybe this is just because I've been in a lot of therapy that I. I understand what they're doing. It still works, Mm -hmm. but like I understand why they're asking me the questions they're asking me and why they're saying the things that they're saying. You're not supposed to look behind the curtain. (laughs) I look. (laughs) I I fling it right open. And again, like it still works, you know, and there's tons of therapists who also see therapists. There's therapists who specialize in counseling other therapists. So it's like... Yeah, like you can be very aware of the methods that are being used and you still need those reminders just from someone else. Like, hey, remember remember CBT? Remember that works sometimes? <laughs> remember mindfulness? Like just chill out, <laughs> like try to relax. Um, About how you said um, you wish you'd had childhood therapy. I bet that's like a maybe even how I perceive it now. It's like a grass is always greener kind of thing. Because, like, maybe my childhood view of it taints how I think about it now. Because it's not negative, but, like, 
I that's what what my idea of therapy is is how that was when I was younger. Hmm. But maybe you having experienced it first as an adult or at least older somehow ready to unpack it at your own pace and kind of figure things out maybe it had a different hit that's true yeah um and some people just have really terrible experiences with therapy even as an adult like you know because there's just it's so hard to find a therapist that you like really click with and like mm-hmm. that interpersonal dynamic i've realized is so important you cannot be sarcastic in therapy it's really hard for me <laughs> Yeah, whenever I make a sick joke, I mean, I've been with my therapist for like five years now, and I'll make twisted jokes. And they'll be like, all right. <laughs> you know, it makes them a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, let me use dark humor here, please. <laughs> but I, I also did, I did uh, therapy as a child, uh, just for like a year, I think. It was when my parents were separated, we'd been moving a bunch, and I'd been acting out in school, and I had like a really quick, bad temper. Um, Is that when you had the potato? Uh, yeah, a little younger than that. <laughs> Matt is referencing a picture that I posted on Facebook where I'm holding a potato that has a face and little arms and legs. It's not just your potato. It was your best friend. It was my best friend. I love that potato. So it's, it's not like the marketed Mr. Potato Head. Like you went, we, we you made, built it we from built the ground that potato. up. Yeah, it was like something for some school project that we had it. But this was before the potato came in my life. <laughs> but I would go to therapy and all I remember about it was like, she would play like the game sorry with me and she would just like that's how she would get me to open up and talk about stuff but like i don't remember i don't remember anything from it and i guess i didn't really take it that seriously because i was like oh this is just where i go to play games and talk to this person um and take it seriously and then i started using it as an adult and i was like okay like maybe if i go to this therapist that specializes in this and we focus more on like strategy and stuff like that then that would be helpful because like me just talking about my feelings is great but like, I need to, like, have, like, a game plan. Like, if something happens, I want to do steps one, two, and three. Like, I want to follow that type of stuff. Or, like, here's something you can implement in your life. So that's what I do with my therapist now. Is I'm like, hey, like, I'm feeling really anxious about this. What are some strategies or methods or tips you have for this? Because I'm tired of feeling like this. And if it was like, well, how do you feel about it? And I'd be like, all right, I don't want to talk about how I feel. Like, <laughs> I want to talk about, like, what do I do when this stuff's going down? Because that's what a lot of people feel like is like, okay, like when I'm spiraling, what the hell do I do? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to just go to someone and talk about my feelings. <laughs> like, I need something right here now, something that's going to work for me that I can implement. Otherwise, it's like, this isn't effective. That makes me want to talk to my parents about the childhood therapy because maybe the tools that they give us directly now is what they tried to give our parents. Yeah. And that's like a whole extra layer. Because, mm-hmm. like, how do you tell somebody else about how to help their kid mm-hmm. when you can't even like if a therapist had told me when I was playing whatever Uno with them I mean maybe you can like look at things in the room and count to 10 and and think about the anxiety and how it's being outwardly affected mm-hmm. I would be like um can you play your card yeah what is this <laughs> I have one garbage. left like I'm ready to win <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to yell Uno to your comment about therapy email like I feel like I kind of have a mixture of like I want some problem solving but I tend to get frustrated with a therapist if it's a hundred percent problem solving all the time it's kind of like when you just want to share your feelings with someone and you're like I'm not looking for for a solution yeah Yeah, and also I have I've been in so much therapy that I'm like 
I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and it's like, it's always easier said than done. It's like, you know, mindfulness stuff and CBT stuff and, um, you know, exercise and... Uh, which is my least favorite recommendation. <laughs> Please don't oh, recommend it. Oh, I was just exercise, the thing I hate more than anything in the world. Yeah, can we that edit that part sounds easy. Oh. I don't even want to hear it when I re-listen to this later. <laughs> I like you less now. <laughs> exercise is triggering for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, sometimes I just, I really like for someone to just affirm my feelings and let me know that they're normal and you know that other tons of other people experience them and i like a lot of like affirmations from my therapist and um that's one thing like my past couple therapists i've really kind of interviewed them to see you know if their style is going to work for me so i've learned what style i respond the best to and yeah i can't do too much problem solving because my perfectionism kicks in and then it's like an extra stressor that makes sense oh i'm not doing this right but to be fair when i first go in there he always says how are you doing and i can i'm not i'm one of those people just like you know foaming at the mouth ready to tell you like it is not hard to like get stuff out of me with that so like you know we go in for that for a long time and then sometimes i'm like hey like when i feel this way do you have any tips um, cause yeah, it does make sense. Like you don't want just the problem solving. Like you want a space where you feel like you can express yourself and it's safe to express yourself in that space and that someone's going to listen. Um, so yeah, like if it's just problem solving, it's not always effective. And then I didn't even think about the perfectionism. Like, okay, well if you do one, two and three, well, what if you mess up with two and then like, what do you do there? And like, and then you're just hard on yourself for like messing up. So after listening to you guys, maybe I do need therapy. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm just not self-aware enough, and I actually would be really benefited by it. This was our well, way. This is yeah. our way to trick that. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> this is the most gentle way to tell someone that they need more help therapy. than they're allowing themselves to have. If anyone out there's listening, well, I've heard I've heard a few people tell me um, that like they tried it. They went to multiple therapists. They did it in childhood, uh, high school, adulthood. And it just isn't effective for them. And they use other methods. And at first, I'm just like, huh, what other methods are there? But, like, <laughs> there are plenty of other things you can do. And and for some, they were just like, hey, like, I couldn't afford it. Like, so I had to choose this option. And this worked better for me in that time of my life. Um, so I respect it. Yeah. I mean, we had someone on just last week that was talking about alternative methods, um, like shrooms and LSD for treatment. You know, there's... There's just tons of different ways to go about it. I'll come on there next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we are at the point where we need to get into gratitudes, which is my least favorite segment because I'm really bad at them. (laughs) Yeah, we can think of a new segment if you don't like finishing on gratitudes. (laughs) Can can we do the opposite of gratitudes? Oh, you could, yeah. Yeah, like things that are really grinding my gears actually that's nice it's it's therapeutic to do that to like yeah yeah so you want to do that sure let's let's switch it up all right well i didn't think of anything (laughs) (laughs) crap (laughs) oh no i do know let's you guys do gratitudes and then i'll do what grinds my gears oh but i gotta grind my gears too okay cool okay i feel i'm torn between two 
methodologies here. <laughs> I'm happy and also sad about everything. Okay, your turn. Well, Grinds My Gears was the, I think, and Matt, you talked about, was it audience parenting? Yeah. Yeah, so like... I don't know if that's the real term, but... It, it, yeah, it might not be the term, but it's like, it's. I saw someone, interact with someone recently who was like corrective of their daughter in front of like multiple people but it was like said in a way that's like hey look at how good of a parent i am look at what i'm doing look how i'm providing this tough instruction from early childhood i just want to be like shut up like just let them be and like stop doing that to kids like in front of people that's so i mean it just sucks to feel that way like do you not remember how that feels to like be pointed out like that and be like, you're doing this wrong. This is how you do it. And like, but I just felt like the parent felt like they were doing such a good job and I don't want to like shame parents or whatever, but like, I just, I really don't like that. And it's Lizzie, you talked about it before with someone with, you know, with like raising uh, pets or dogs or cats, like people will do that. And it's just like, it just, it grinds my gears. Yeah. I like grinds my gears. Cool. Well, I I, <laughs> I think will... you're going to be hearing from Seth MacFarlane, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, sorry, is that, is that what it's, it is? Was... No, tra- we're, we're not trademarking. This is not original. The grind my gears. Yes. It's totally stolen. Um, yeah. So I'll say the pet thing. Like I met someone yesterday or last night during my wild escapades, um, who brought their dog over to our house, and um, the dog was actually like not super chill with my dog and I was kind of like I don't like this dog's vibes but it's still a puppy so whatever um but yeah it was like this person was like one of those like kind of like alpha dog owners that's like you gotta show them who's boss and, and they like it it's like well, that is toxic I don't you gotta choke them just a little bit <laughs> yeah jeez um and uh yeah i just don't it, it really i do not like people telling me how to parent my pets like i my pets are free spirits they're just little hippie children running around with no diapers <laughs> on just pooping on the floor like i love phoebe I love, yeah she's a little hippie i love her yeah i feel like she's do so you like sweet. take it over to their accident and be like how does this make you feel like that's your parenting method yeah sweet. yeah like what? What was going through your head when you did this? I want to understand. Yeah, I want to come back feelings. in my next life as your pet. That'd be great. Yeah, that sounds chill. I want to be Phoebe in my next life for sure. That dog's life rules. She's got it pretty good. Well, Floyd's I did, got it good too. I did have a gratitude though. Yeah. My dad's that's birthday's so today. Pressure. Wait, no, that's a gratitude. Go for it. Yeah, I'm grateful for my dad. His birthday's today. Turned seventy-eight. Aww. And my nephew, my youngest nephew, turned one yesterday, and they had a joint par- birthday party, and it was the. It was really funny and cute. I thought you were just going to say a joint, and I was <laughs> I was like, that's really, really early for that. Also good for your dad. <laughs> um, I guess since I'm the happy one, I'll do gratitudes, right? Yeah. Um, I'm happy for, like, a lot right now, but to be specific, like, just my outlook, because um, everybody's really quick to say, oh, my God, you must be so happy because you're engaged and you have this new job, and... That it is, it's great. I love both of those things, but I also was happy before that too. And like, I worked really hard to get there. So I'm happy for that. My partner is a big part of it. And like, there's a lot of internal therapy with that because you can't just be your true um, expletive self in front of a person that you need to support as well. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm really happy with my progress that I've made for that. 
You're going to get a lot of calls from people that know me that don't feel that way. But (laughs) (laughs) lies, (laughs) propaganda. Our interns will be busy responding to so many emails. I hear them furiously typing right now. (laughs) Unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been lovely. And I expected no less. I had a blast. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.